is able to purify us and sanctify us and equip us for every good work. <clears throat> We're so thankful for the opportunity to dwell in your presence, that you live in us and work with us, and, and uh, just the fellowship and the kinship that we have with you. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Um, I just wanted to make you aware that um, I'm going to add some things to our our um, healing, um, I guess you could call it a repertoire, arsenal, amen. <laughs> but uh, I was listening to a minister who's had great success in healing ministry. And uh, he was telling people to to begin to process um, more the word, you know, and, and meditate it out and find nuggets of revelation in the word, especially if you've been believing God for health. You know, uh, some of us, uh, you know, I know when I was younger, I walked in divine health. <laughs> older, you know, you kind of let some things slip or you start, your soul kind of begins to absorb information that's not healthy. You know, and, and you get a little challenged and all of that. And so it might take a little while to get all symptoms eradicated, but that's where God has ordained for us to live. You know, that's your, your ordained place. But anyway, he was ministering to a woman that had some pretty severe, uh, breathing difficulty. She was on oxygen all day long. And she, while she was at his meeting, she got better and took the oxygen off, but he in, advised her to find some striped sheets. He told her, he said, are you here um, staying at a hotel? She said, yeah. He said, before you go home, find a Walmart and buy some striped sheets. And so she did that. He said, I want you to sleep on striped sheets tonight. So she went and slept on the striped sheets. When she got back the next day, she was much improved. Amen. And so while he was talking about processing, he said, if you're healed by Jesus stripes, he said, you need to find a way to make that real. And that's why he gave her the stripes to lay on. And he says, if you're believing by his stripes, you're healed. You need to act that out. You need to take it to the next level in your faith and just start acting out things like that. If you got a striped dress, put it on and believe that you're healed when that power comes upon you. These are points of contact to release our faith continually in the process of God healing us. So I found some striped, I got striped sheets, I got these we're going to stuff like we do our regular pillows. If you got striped stuff at home, bring it, we'll put it on the altar and pray over it. Um, and get rid of all these symptoms, amen, and get yourself positioned so that your faith is stronger so that when you pray for others and lay hands on others, they really get healed, amen, and you're not reluctant, you're confident, you're bold, you're, you're, you know, you're on the attack against illness rather than in the place of wondering, which I know I visit there a lot, you know, and, and if things move slow, you wonder, and then you slap yourself and remember, oh, yeah, I am healed, you know, that kind of thing. But this is to press into the total manifestation because I know it's there. It's there for all of us, and, and we can all press in more. So we'll start putting these up, but that's the revelation behind the stripes. I want to make sure I let everybody know so that um, they can believe and, and they can start employing that 
uh, as a help to them in walking in divine health, manifestation, getting rid of all symptoms, uh, but for real though, y'all, you know, <clears throat> so it's no longer just something to talk about, but it's something that we live every day because God wants us well. He's made full provision for it. We just need to learn how to process and get our faith, you know, in it, grabbing onto it more uh, than just, you know, just it'll come. I'm believing, you know, all that stuff that we do because we don't know the next thing to do. So there's always a next thing. So those of you that want to step into that, step into it. Um, uh, if if there's somebody, people on watching us on the Internet, you can type something in now and say, count me in on the stripes. I want in on the stripes and we'll figure out a way to get you in on the stripes. Okay. So, so we'll do that and uh, believe God with you for total manifestation. All symptoms gone. Healing an established fact that you walk in every day. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So today we're going to talk about resurrection life and power. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, we'll start there because um, the the New Testament is filled with understanding about the power of God. Amen. Uh, In fact, this is the power power book of the Bible. Many, many instances about the the, uh, works that God did through the apostles. This is true apostolic ministry. Um, you're not an apostle because somebody told you you were a group of, uh, um, you know, bishops or whoever laid hands on you and, you know, named you that. It, it has to be a real calling of God and there must be evidence. The Bible tells us to make full proof of our ministry. So we've got a lot of titles, but we don't have a lot of full proof. But, but we can have that. Amen. I think if, if God called you to an office, the first thing you better do is slink back into your prayer closet and find out from God what to do, how to do it. First thing you need to ask is who's going to teach me? <laughs> you understand? Don't just sign up for somebody's Bible school or somebody's courses just because they're available. You understand there's a lot of ignorance taught. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you know, just because it's a school, anybody can call it a school. Just like you can call yourself something that you think God called you to be. There's got to be evidence. There's got to be Bible evidence that that is your true calling. Some Somehow, Something has to jump off the pages of the Bible at you to let you know who you are. You know, the Bible speaks to us as to what we're called to be. We're all called as believers. If you can do believers ministry, man, you're way ahead of the game. There's some famous people that never call themselves fivefold ministry gifts that did tremendous work for God. D.L. Moody is, is one of them. Uh, he called himself, somebody called him the greatest layman of all time because he never claimed a ministry gift office, never claimed any of that. A lot of these people are apostles and prophets because they have most of the evidence of it. Sometimes they're lacking in some, and I think it's because they're reluctant to step into the fullness of what God's called them to do. We can let our own minds either limit us or advance us into something 
that we're not really called to do. Amen. Or we can let it diminish us, our own thinking, diminish us in how we identify. There are some people who are bona fide prophets of God, but they don't call themselves that. They'll call somebody else a prophet. But I think sometimes if you don't fully identify with what God calls you, you're going to shortchange yourself and the people in some way. You know, you won't expect as much from yourself consistently uh, as, 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 you know, some people do. So many of the great healing evangelists really were prophets. They just said evangelists because that was a common thing to call each other. Amen. That was more acceptable, I guess you could say. But in a way, they did shortchange themselves from understanding the fullness of what God called them into. Uh, whatever, whatever you answer to, biblically speaking, is who you are. You go in the Bible and you see that, you see that, you see that, and you, and you identify with it. You say, well, yeah, I, I've, I've seen that in me. I've done that before. I, I, and then you start saying, hmm, that looks familiar. I can do that. See, that's how you make your calling. That's how you make foolproof of your ministry. You start investigating between you and God, not you and some person. Paul said, when when I received the call of God, he said, I immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. He didn't ask one person. He went into prayer about it. That's the proper thing to do. You're, you're not established on Facebook just because people, you know, give you a like and all that kind of stuff. It's just a very sad way to get your, that, now that works for entertainers. You know, if you want a whole, but see, even entertainers, they can have a million followers on Facebook, but have a struggle getting a crowd of five or six thousand. You see what I'm saying? And so it, it means very little man's response to who you are. What makes a difference is what God says about you and how God uses you. And whether you let God use you. Amen. And, and so that's the important thing. But every person in a pulpit should be able to have success praying for the sick. Amen. They should. Because that's their calling. And how are we going to get believers off the pew if the leaders don't have it? Let that sink in for a while. Amen. Paul said, my speech and my preaching were not with great swelling words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Amen. There's got to be demonstration and power for you to call yourself who you are. Amen. I know a lot of people don't buy into that, but I think I'd rather stick with the Bible and please God. And that's why we're here today. We're looking for him to do more. We're looking for him to do the things that the Bible says we're supposed to be doing. And not be embarrassed. This is not to embarrass anybody. This is to stir you up to know that there's more. To stir you up to expect more. To stir you up to instead of passing by some of the people that we always pass by because we think we can't help them. To stay on the on the quick for God to move you, to move through you, so that you can can alleviate human suffering. That's what this power is for. So we talk about resurrection power and life in Romans 8, verse 11. 
It says here, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives in you. So this this power that God has is Holy Spirit power that comes to reside in us when we are born again. When you confess Christ, the power that you have living in you is resurrection power. It's the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead. So it's greater than the power that he walked in while he was on earth. As he walked the earth, he was demonstrating and showing what the Spirit of God desired to do for all humanity. When he died, paid the price for you and me, he died and a greater power that he walked in had to come and raise him from the dead. Now listen, if he'd walked in that power while he was here on earth, he never would have died. Must say it again. If he walked in that power while he was here on earth, he never would have died. Amen? But the Bible says he was crucified, died, and buried. Then God the Father raised him up. So he was raised up in an immortality, in a power that now defies death, is never subject to death again. And that same power dwells in us. You know, it... Take a day to think about that for a little bit. Think about that when we get nervous, if we get a symptom. Think about that when we're not sure that he's going to pay a bill for us. Think about that sometimes when we think about the next challenge that comes toward us, if we're going to make it through on Victory's side or not. Think about that. That power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Amen. So we have a reserve of power that we oftentimes never even tap into. Not even aware it's there. Not even explore God. If, if, if I need this, can I count on you to be there for me with this thing that I need? You understand? Just explore it. Feel him out on it. See what he might do for you. Because this power is the greatest power in the universe. It defied death. It looked death in the face and and pushed it aside like it was nothing. So it couldn't hold him in the grave. The power of death could not hold Jesus in the grave because the Father judged him sinless and gave him a name that was above every name because he'd earned it. Amen. See, there was still a place where Jesus had to demonstrate all that the Father said about him, had to to satisfy the Father that the debt was paid for everybody's sin. Amen. The dead who were in Christ when he died got up out of the graves when he was raised up from the dead. They started to go visit family members, hadn't seen them in years. Amen. Just walked around talking to people, visiting with them. and. <laughs> It's amazing, this power. And it lives in us. That's the greatest part about it. It lives in us. Not just to be parked in there like a, a, a you know, a, an antique car. 
but to be active in everything that we, it quickens our mortal bodies. It brings life to these bodies that we live in now. So it's not just for the afterlife. It'll, if we have afterlife in us right now. We have eternity in us right now. How do you know you have eternity in you? Because you can invite other people into it. When you preach the gospel, if you didn't have eternity in you, you wouldn't be talking to nobody about going to heaven when they die. That power's in you. It's generated every time you pray for somebody, every time you you preach, every time you confront the devil in your prayer life. That that power is harnessed and, and generated inside of you to make that word good. You could never tell somebody God's God's healing them. God wants you well. God's healing you now. Resurrection, life, and power speaks like that. So it's like, let's get it on. What's wrong? Let's take care of it. Let's put it before God. Let's make our requests known to him. Let's come into agreement on it. Let's get it done. See, the resurrection power gets it done. Amen. Gets the whole thing done. Leaves nothing undone. Leaves no scraps for the devil. Leaves nothing for him to want to harass you with. It eradicates the power of darkness. To, to, what does it mean to be resurrected? Or what does it mean to be raised up? Amen. It means to be rousing and raising from death as a power. So, Resurrection life stirs us from death. We were dead in our sins and trespasses when God found us. Amen. Well, he invited us into eternal life. We were dead people. Might as well be every, nothing but living it out and kicking dirt over us and, and by forever. Amen. And so that power came into us and raised us up from death. Amen. It, it re, it resurrected, it, it, it breathed a new form of life into us. Not the old life, but a new form of life. Amen. It also, to, to be resurrected means to regain one's faculties. In other words, the mind of Christ comes into us. You get a new mind. You think about doing things you never thought you'd do. You know, you think about doing things to help people. You think about going the extra mile so that somebody else's life is more comfortable. Amen. That's what you think about. Resurrection does that. That's not a normal mindset. So when we get in possession of our faculties, we're really in the mindset that God intended us to have from the beginning. This is what Adam and Eve thought like before the devil came in there. Amen. They didn't think about themselves all the time. They thought about obeying God. They thought about what's on God's heart and what does he want me to do. So it means to regain one's faculties rising again. Amen. We we came to life one time and resurrection life is in us now. So we rise again. It also means to wake up from sleep, death, disease. So it means to overcome 
And it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. To quicken means to make alive with new life, resurrection life, the greater life. Amen. So this body that we live in that is subject to death has resurrection life in it. So what happens is that there is a quickening and a spark that regenerates, regrows, renews, revives. So it's like having um, a, a charge in us all the time. You know how those people you see on the movies where somebody's heart stops and they get the paddles and defibrillate them and they well, we have that going off in us all the time. Every time you get revelation from the word, every time you hear the word, you quickened, you get boom, charged again. New life comes into you. You know how it is. You'll be sitting around thinking about nothing or trying to get discouraged and depressed about something. And then all of the Holy Spirit, go. he gets the, the paddles out and goes boom. And you get a jolt. And you say, oh boy, it's on now. I just snapped out of it. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. See, you need that quickening power, that overcoming power. You don't want to just get uh, into the same life that you had before Christ, just barely, barely there. You want, you need something supernatural. The cells in your body need to have new life in them. Everlasting life. Quickening life. Means to have a a supernatural kind of life in there. Because look at how the world is going. Everything wears out, gets deteriorated at a very alarming rate. Because sin is abounding the greater. Amen? Sin wears people out. It, it, tears your body down it tears your mind down tears everything down so when jesus comes into your life man he got work to do and and he brings a whole package of what you need you have it in you now you know you just need to and you just need the word to come in and and get the paddles boom and charge you back into life Get your cells recharged. Get your, your, uh, they say the juice is flowing, so to speak. Breathe that life into you. So it quickens, makes alive that resurrection life in this body that we have now that's subject to death. It, it can go to the grave with nothing wrong with it. Amen. You don't have to die with sickness. Amen. What is Hebrews uh, 9, if you'll turn there. People think it's just normal. We regard too many things as normal. Not with all this sitting up in us. Are you kidding me? We need what they call a new normal. Yeah, we we need to sign up for that right away. It says in Hebrews 9.27, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after that, after this, the judgment. But it doesn't say you have an appointment with sickness. 
you have an appointment with death, but you don't have an appointment with sickness. How do I die? You just die. You step over. Life leaves out of you, but it does. you don't dry up, deteriorate, and rot away while you're in your flesh. Die healed. Die blessed. Die whole. Die functional. Die with full possession of your faculties. Amen? That's resurrection life. The same power that got Jesus up out of the grave. It didn't get him up just barely straggling. He's walking around looking healthy and normal to everybody he came into contact with. Amen? He was able to change himself into another form. Disguise his appearance. Ow! That gave me a jolt. Huh? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, to be... <clears throat> Can you cue Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra, please? It was a very good year. (laughs) Ah? When I was 35, it was a very good year. You know, I mean, come on now. If I'm going to morph into something, I'm going to disguise myself. I'm going to get purdy, thin. Of course. When you pray for God to renew your youth, will you, how you think that's going to happen to you? Something's got to go off on the inside of you to transform cells back to youthful appearance. And this is not something that's new. Look at Abraham and Sarah. You think they was on canes and tottering around? Sarah was, you know, she's fine. She blowing the town and, and men were fighting over her. That's why Abraham said, oh yeah, you like my sister, right? Huh? <laughs> my sister. Huh? Right. So, I mean, seriously, we've got to really appropriate these things. Understand the unlimited, unlimited power that resides in us. This power can do anything for good. What's good? Whatever you think is good. It's not just finances. It's not just things. Sometimes it's a better mental state. Sometimes it's better health. Sometimes it's less memory of wrong things you did in your life. I mean, this power can do all of that and more. Whatever puts you in the state of blessedness. And it's up to you to decide what blessedness is. Between you and God, you decide, what's my next level of blessedness, Lord? Get me there. What's my next level of empowerment, Lord? Get me there. Sometimes you can, you can spend a lot of years just getting prepared for what God wants you to step into. Don't let the preparation phase wear you out where you don't think you have the energy and the strength and the interest to enjoy the new coming blessing. Resurrection power puts all that into you. Amen? You can get strengthened in your old age. You know, I know a lot of times we have parts that wear out. People, that just happens to people sometimes. You can't in advance prepare for everything, but you sure can get it, it fixed. You can get, you can get new from heaven. 
you can believe there's a storehouse in heaven with new parts in it for you and for everybody else you pray for. That's resurrection life, folks. That's resurrection life. It's the overcoming life. What did it overcome? Death, hell, the grave, poverty, sickness, you name it. Overcame everything from darkness. So it's full of light. Nothing but light. And it overcomes darkness. What does that mean? Darkness has to move out when it comes in. When resurrection life is spoken, that it goes forth, it cuts a path through darkness. Darkness, oh, wait a minute, let me get, I can't stand this, let me get out the way. Sickness has to flee in its midst, in its presence. Everything gets out of the way. When resurrection life and power is released. So we are not subject to sickness. Sickness is not the final word. The only way it gets the final word is you let it talk to you and you go to bed on it. Huh? You got to talk back to that thing. You got to tell it the word. Don't let fear drive you. Huh? You know, there's so much information out there now. And people tend to cling to what's comfortable for them. If it's comfortable for you to believe this Rona thing can overtake you and kill you, then you'll believe that. And you'll do anything anybody tells you to do to avoid it. Amen? It's called control. It's called witchcraft. Anytime you control somebody by fear, you're in the witchcraft. I don't care what people tell you. Well, we have to give them information. You're lying. L-Y-I-N-G. This is the truth right here. This will work for believer, unbeliever. It's for whosoever believes. Amen? And so this life is the zoe of God. It's it's a a superior life. Amen? It's a death-proof life. It's a life that has the power to heal over and over and over again and raise up over and over and over again. Amen? It quickens. It revives. It sustains. It feeds the body. Amen? Continually. You meditate on the word. Just your meditation will break the devil off of you. You just begin to conceive of some of the things. You know, I know we've got to make our confession. Your confession is good. It's good to heal you. It's good to cause your ears to hear. It's good to keep your spirit fed. But many times, just aside from the confession, you need to make it more real on the inside of you through meditation. Just mulling that over. God, really? Really that life quickens me? It's, I have you living in me to that degree, Lord? Really? You gotta show me, Lord. I wanna see evidence. I wanna see evidence every day. Cause it's living in you to help you. It's not living in you. It's not wrong to ask him. To, to make these things real, to give you evidence, to show me how I can put this to use in my life for the good. I need power. I need power to live for you. I need power to stay out of the devil's clutches. I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need all of that. So I need your word backed up with life. So really, this resurrection 
power in life brings the the word that we meditate on to life. It ignites the word and causes it to manifest greatly in our lives. I mean, every every place you turn, the manifestation can be there. Every place you turn. So it's a good thing. Amen. So it, it means to revive, to sustain, to feed the body, to give life, to make alive. And it means to preserve life. So it quickens or gives life. If something happens where that life seems to be diminished, it'll revive it and sustain it and feed the body. It also preserves life. So it's a death-proof life that you live in. Amen? It's a self-sustaining life. It perpetuates itself. It never wears out. It never goes dim. It never diminishes in power. It never diminishes in availability. It never diminishes at all. It's always there, always active, always powerful, always alive. It's the life of God. Amen. The resurrected life. It, it's everything paid for life. And everything available by faith life. It's the nothing is impossible life. All things possible life. The resurrection life. It's the wonderful life. Amen. It's the more than wonderful life. See, extremely uh above and beyond life. That's what resurrection life is. It goes exceedingly above and beyond what you ask or think. It's the mind-blowing life. It's when you get it and it finally settles in on you that God has given it to you. You want to jump out your skin life. Amen? That's the kind of life it is. And it's there and it's available to us at all times for all purposes. Amen. It's just, it's the right here for you life. Nothing you got to do to earn it life. It's the grace life. To bring in all things, correct all things, make all things possible. It makes the impossible possible. Everybody's got impossible stuff in their life. It's stuff we look at and think, uh, it's the if only life. Amen. That life. It'll do that thing for you that you think is so difficult to do. Amen. In fact, it's working now. It's working behind the scenes, under the radar, in the invisible realm. But it's working all the time. God, I thank you. It's working all the time. You're working all the time. Your power is working in me all the time. It's working through me all the time. Sometimes it's the power that quickens you to keep your mouth shut instead of talking so much. Amen? I mean, seriously, it's it's resurrection, life, and power. Works with you for the good. Amen? There's some things we need not get involved with. It's that kind of life. It'll tell you, uh-uh, don't do that. And that voice will come to you in a way you know God means it. Amen. And you don't do it. That's how we obey God. 
is through the resurrection life. We obey him because it comes across to us like he really means this thing. This ain't a suggestion or a maybe. This ain't cute for me to keep jumping up doing this. Amen? It, it lets you know there's a life force in you for good that's beyond this little carnal fun you want to have all the time. It's that kind of life. See, there are a lot of, a lot of believers have never tapped into it. Living on the surface and on the fringes but never really zipped into the zoe of God. We dance around it because it's all-consuming. You get involved with, with resurrection life, and you don't want nothing else. You give everything that you could think that you could give to get more of it. And it doesn't come right away. might be slow in coming, but you know it's there. See, we don't cry out to God for more because we don't know if more is there. We know within us is in there. You have a knowing on the inside. Say, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know, you know He's in there. You know what the Word says. You know what He can do. You know what's possible. You just don't know how to get from here to there. So you just have to trust him that he heard you and he'll get you there. Then the devil comes around and says, now you know God can't. I ain't. Oh, ah, oh. Huh? All the stop buttons start to push. But you can't deny he's there. Because you got it in the word. If nothing else, you can read. Huh? Would we have no, we don't. Don't worry about it. Well, you heard it through the vine, okay? That's right. Amen. You know it's there. You know you're born again. You know the change that's been made in you. You even know some of the change he wants to do because you're scared of it. Hey! I like this God. See, if it weren't powerful, how you how come you won't just yield to it? Huh? You scared the change will come in such a way that you'll never be the same again. So you look at yourself the way you are now and you say, I got to say goodbye to her. Because if I get really involved in this stuff, huh? It's like finding a man who is everything. I mean, perfect, saved, praying tongues more than you do, which for some of us ain't hard, but I didn't say that. I didn't go there. Huh? Looks like he works out all the time, but don't really do it. So you don't get ashamed and embarrassed. Huh? And he, he loves you. That's a scary proposition. You start wondering to yourself, well, what's it going to cost me to, to hook up with this brother? Change. <laughs> huh? You will have to do some changing. <laughs> You'll have to quit bad-mouthing people that work out and go do something yourself. 
right? You have to make a lot of change. You're going to have to go read your word some because every time he opens his mouth, nothing but the word comes out. you just stunned. Huh? You're quickened and stunned. Huh? But you don't want to let him go. Huh? That's the way the Holy Spirit is. That's the way this power is. Stuns you. Quickens you. You know the potential. Ooh, if I can only, only have that. Ow! Life will be pretty. Huh? But it's going to cost me. It's going to cost us, us. We will not be the same once we start tasting more of the heavenly gift. Give yourself over to it more. If I get over too deep, I won't come back. Good, stay, like Enoch did. Didn't hurt him one little bit. Huh? What's so bad about being less carnal, less selfish, less absorbed in the world? What's wrong with that? Huh? So that power converts us. It converts your soul. You don't think like you used to do. Most of us think so different we pay little attention to it because if you examine the change in you, it would shock you. See, it's that resurrection life that's been working in you under the radar all this time, converting your soul. We read the word because we like the word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We've all done that. And then we go back for another taste. And then when we don't taste as often, we get all out of sorts and say, I'm gonna let me go get my word. Let me get back in my word. Huh? And so we're, we're like, we're hunger. We, we thrive on it. We have to have it. It's a part of us. And so this life then begins because we have a love for it and meditate on it. And want to hide it in our hearts and take it with us and find out what does that really mean and, and, you know, go on a trail of adventure with God, all that stuff. Then we find that we can't let it go. It's consuming. He's the all consuming fire and he proves it over and over and over again. It's like sometimes I'll be walking around the house and I, I try to keep I, I, I used to have a little notepad and then you get away from the notepad and then you, eh. So I put notes in my phone and, and God will speak something to me and I say, ooh, where's my phone? Let me put this in there. And then I go do something else and forget what I, you know, you forget what you had. He said, oh, not again. God, give it back to me, please, please, please. But see, he starts to work a discipline. Just whenever I said, when I move, you move. If I don't move, you don't move. See, it's a discipline. It's it's breaking me up from the things that I enjoy, which is nothing wrong with it. But if it gets too far and makes you miss him, see, you see what I'm saying? There should be nothing. You know, if I'm going to put it in the phone, keep the phone on me so I can jot it down and go stop what I'm doing, go go write it down real quick because it leaves real quick. 
So I'm, I'm getting the hint. You got me? I'm getting the message. It's that you're asking me for all kinds of stuff and this is how it happens. It happens by you forsaking everything else. Even the stuff is nothing wrong with you doing it. He wants that place in your life. He wants that power in your life. And he's due it. It's due him. It, it should be nothing that we put it, you know, have to do in such a hurry that we can't sit down and listen. Like Mary chose a better part. That's what that's about. Barb, leave the cookies for a minute. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? But God, the cookies are good. I feed the sheep. Leave those cookies alone till I talk to you. When I want to talk to you, you got to be willing and ready to drop everything. I don't want them to burn. They ain't going to burn. Won't be the first time you burn cookies, sister. You got me? Well, I have to start all over again. Quit whining and listen to me, you see. So your flesh will cry out to escape what's coming. And that is the invasion of resurrection life and power in you. Because we're about to be invaded, folks. If we want to invade the world, we got to have something to invade it with. We can't go out there naked like we are now. We got to be fully clothed. And I mean, head to toe, God dressed you up. Not you grabbed your little scripture and ran out in your title and your collar. You understand what I'm saying? Leave that stuff at home. Let God dress you up for a change. Amen. So we are complete. I mean, if understanding resurrection, life, and power doesn't convince you of that, you need to know you're not lacking in anything. You know, what we're in the midst of is a great puzzle and uh God's just fitting the pieces together. See, if you're a puzzle being worked on, you got to stay still so the master can work on you. Huh? Can't be running around looking for this and looking for that. Colossians 2.13, it says, And you, being dead in your sins, let me see if this is the right one that I want. I hope so. We're going to find out. And the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. He's got to forgive you in order to come and live inside of you. You can't have both. How do you get forgiven? You confess. You repent. You show remorse. You let God know you're ready for him to come and dwell in you. And set up housekeeping permanently. He's not in your life sitting in a corner. He's God. He's got to run things, folks. Or it's no go. You can't frustrate the grace of God. You can't frustrate the plan of God in your life. So we are quickened together with him. That means to reanimate us into a new life. So we're reanimated. 
but I wasn't dead, really, physically. Oh, baby, but you were. You're reanimated now. You have a new life in you. This isn't a refreshing of the old life. This is a new life, a totally new life. The Zoe of God is immortal life. It's eternal life. Amen? It, it, it. You know, we are raised from the dead already because we have resurrection life in us. So this life that we live now cannot be snuffed out. It just leaves this earth realm is what we do. When we die, we leave the earth realm and we leave the tent we used to dwell in, that mortal body. Amen. So, but your spirit, because it's got eternal life, it's quickened all the time. So you stand in the presence of the Lord. You just, you just drop all of that off and he translates you over into immortality, your final immortal body. And so you're being groomed for immortality every day. Every day that you live here, you're being groomed for it. That's why it's hard to look at people who don't change. They've been saved 20 years and there's their confessions raggedy. Their belief systems raggedy. They complain a lot. Hop from church to church looking for who knows what. Never finding it. You, you understand what I'm saying? God don't cause you to hop around looking for something. He's in you. What you're looking for is already in you if you're born again. You know, you meditate on that for a good half a day and that'll mess your head up. And you look at all the things that you and every other Christian you know is running around trying to pursue and get and it's already in there. We're scared to believe it. You mean to tell me all these years? I Yes! Read your Bible. Get enlightened. Get some light and some life on the inside of you. Get some of that. Amen? Partake of it. Rest in it. Cease from your labors. Trying to have this and trying to have that. You see people buying everybody's books and tapes, trying to get knowledge, trying to get that. And it's, you know, like the Holy Ghost said, man, you know what? I'm dizzy up in here. How many different places you're going to go looking for what's already in here? But see, like, we're scared to go to the source, right? Everybody's a little bit scared. You know why? Because you're scared the source is going to require something of you. I mean, something real. Like, you know, like, when we want something for God, what we do? We got a little ritual, getting the word, confess the word, do a little fasting, a little bit of that, 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 that. Dabbling. Dabbling. Huh? Like they invented finger painting, trying to make it an art form because people didn't have any skill. <laughs> That's us. We just dabble finger paint. When God wants to stretch your canvas. <laughs> and paint a masterpiece. No more finger painting. 
That's what he meant when he told Abraham. He said, look, Abraham, come on now. Walk before me now and be perfect. I'm tired of waiting on this. It's time. Boy, the day when God corrals us and tells us it's time. He's tired of waiting on it. So he can see who's going to yield to him and begin to let him shape them up. So they can be what they claim they want to be for him. See, we want to be it as long as we can do it on our terms. I'll pray about, you know, let me, let me get in my word a little bit more, half hour more a day. I'll pray in tongues a little bit more a day. I'm going to do this a little bit more a day. Everything we're going to do a little bit more a day. Suppose he wants the whole day, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and the next day. Oh, well, am I that bad? You're worse than that. You're just getting started. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? All day, every day availability. But God, I gotta do, I gotta, you ain't got nothing. Your God has gotta come from Him. We get involved in a whole lot of stuff just so we don't have to face God. And face the obvious. There's some shaping up here has got to be done. God had so much for Abraham, he had no idea. But he could only get to him by pinning him down and corralling him. And saying, okay, you got to stay close to me. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That means watch yourself. Be careful. Address me every morning. Address me several times during the day and address me at night. Act like I live in you. See, that's the way we're supposed to live now because he does live in us. You got to act like you got company all the time. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Lord. (laughs) And act like you're expecting company all the time. Set aside time. Give him first place. Give him first time. You know, sometimes when you remember it, <laughs> ask him to help you remember more often. He'll do it. He'll do it. If you're sincere, he'll do it. Amen? So, so in 1 Corinthians 15, while we go there, 15, 15, Okay, this is about the resurrection and start in verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised? And if Christ not be raised, your faith is in vain. You're yet in your sins. So, Believing that God raised Jesus from the dead is central to our faith. 
this resurrection life and power. And, and when we testify of the resurrection life or the resurrection of Christ, then his power shows up to, to uh, validate that. It punctuates it. It makes it come alive for people. That's how people get born again. Sin has to be overcome in everybody for them to get saved. You have to preach out of a power that's able to move them beyond where they live. Move them beyond their sin. Move them beyond their carnal living. Move them beyond the place. That power has to be on your words when you speak to people and that they believe it. And once they believe it and accept it and confess it, then it generates in them too. That's how the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a transferable power. He's transferred because he responds to his own word, the word of God. His family talk. Amen. The Bible says he doesn't speak of himself. He speaks that which he hears. He hears Jesus through the word, testify, and he jumps on it. He says, okay, I'm going to make that real. I'm going to make that come alive to them. I'm going to make that effective in them. And when that word gets believed and it gets confessed, it overcomes every darkness that could ever come upon it. There's no such thing. It's darkness being able to resist the resurrection life and power of God. It can't do it. Amen? It can't do it. So, so when that power comes in us, it makes us new creation people. God and man living together in one tent. Amen? That's a new creature. You you can forget your past because you have no past. I mean, it's already erased and forgotten for you. So you've never been here before. You you're a new type of species, man, but God living inside. Amen. Man, but God active and operate. God being one hundred percent God in us. And God is not a back seat to anything or anybody. He's not going, he's going to make himself known. How? He quickens us. He gives us that jolt, you know, clear, boom. <laughs> yep. That's him. He makes us alive over and over and over again. You know, sometimes we just, if you're not feeling well, you need to just God quicken me. Quicken these cells in my body. Bring me back in health. Let your quickening power permeate me today. More of you, less of me. Consume everything that needs to be consumed today. Get me free from the bondage that's in the world. Free from fear. Fear of things not working out right. Fear of one thing after another. Amen. Help me to get beyond my carnality and the things of this life. Help me live where you live permanently. Amen. So, so then we are new creatures. 
old things are passed away. In, in other words, your old man is dead, got no life in him. Every now and then he tries to raise up and make himself known. Amen. You can ignore it, consider it dead already. Amen. But your new creation man is is made alive or he lives by the resurrection life and power, overcoming life and power. That's why when you're in the spirit and you're full of God's word, Fear kind of moves out of your way. It's hard to get a fearful thought when you're, you know, when you're really in the life of God, in the spirit of God. When you yield to it, you can yield to it all the time. Amen. So uh, Jesus was was the perfect man and we have his spirit. It's a perfect spirit. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. You know, people say, well, your spirit needs to be healed. Your spirit needs to be born again if you're not born again. It needs to be quickened with new life. Now, if you if you receive Christ, your spirit is his spirit. And there's nothing wrong with him. He doesn't need healing. He doesn't need it. You just need to, sometimes we need to move out the way and let God live in us. You know, it's like, God, how can I cooperate more with you? What can I do to allow you to live more fully in me? Instruct me. Help me. Let that happen because it's going to be the best thing for me. It's the best life for me. Amen. So uh, each time we believe the word that we hear, we are being transformed into his glorious image. So when we hear the word and believe the word, more of that glory of God, the resurrection life of God becomes more prominent in us. It begins to do more work in us. It begins to release more of the image of Christ in us so that we begin to live more by this resurrection life and power than we do the old ways. Many people just live in the flesh because they don't trust the new life. They haven't yielded to it enough to really get in and trust it. Now they get a little Inches, where, where most people connect with God is where they get to something they can't, they're desperate for an answer, or desperate for a bill to be paid, or desperate for something material, you know. We, we have to be trained, and that's part of your training. You know, I mean, the desperation call, that, that's part of everybody's life from time to time, I guess. But when you walk with God, there's no desperation. You're you're a Psalm 23 person. You know, the Lord is your shepherd. He's leading you. You're walking behind him. You don't see lack up ahead. You see the fullness of him. You see his image. You see comfort. You see peace. You see provision. You don't see any of that stuff. So as long as you're walking behind him and letting him lead you, it's all good. When we veer off and want, we get anxious for something. Somebody's told us we're supposed to have this or, you know what I'm saying. You know how the saints like to drop them bombs on you. Stuff that's none of their business. They dabble in it anyway. Huh? Well, I see God doing, no you don't. He told you to see nothing for me. Not you. 
I'm not saying nobody can, but he tell you that. He told you nothing for me. Got me? He says, if, if you, if you live pure, all things are pure. So you should draw pure things to you. You ain't go drop, draw some wayward word towards you to make you goofy and all that kind of stuff. Amen. You're not going to do it. Amen. You're going to get the purity of God. God just bring to me things that you send. Well, I don't, I'm not desperate to get anywhere ahead of God. I want to be there on time. And if I walk with God, I know he'll get me there. See, he's my vehicle that transports me. So I'm not anxious for anything. There's some things I'd like to get resolved and move on. But that's true of everybody who lives in this temporal world. This temporal world has to be dealt with. Time has to be dealt with. What takes time has to be dealt with. We have to give time to certain things so they can get done. But outside of that, you don't want to get ahead of God. You know there are good things ahead. You know there's blessings ahead. Amen. The more is coming. The blood tells us that. The greater is coming. Latter is going to be greater than the beginning. How can we believe that? You got to believe God's word. You can't fight everything. Your best days are not behind you. They're ahead of you. Oh. Yeah, you start getting with the program here, eh? Because you, you'll miss out on some things if you don't believe for better. Amen? Whatever better means. Sometimes it just means more peace. Thoughts that come from God, more of those. Instead of thoughts that come from darkness and people calling you up with a complaint with you know, piece of gossip or something stupid like that. You know, you, you want the better. You don't want to be a bottom feeder. You want to, you want to live in heavenly places. You want to live in that transported life. Amen. Where, where the devil's not your problem. He's been dealt with. Amen. He may be a little reluctant, a little, little dragging his feet. He knows he's got to move, but he's dragging his feet. But you gotta live in that place where your, your foot is still on his neck. And you're giving him orders and he knows he gotta move. You gotta get out of there. Can't have it no more. And so when you, when you have resurrection life and power dwelling in you and you yield to it, you face every day with a certainty of good. This is a day that he's made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Not just for the sake of obeying that scripture, but there's something to rejoice about. There's goodness and mercy coming in a flood. Not just a little bit trickle here that's following you. It's telling you, Barb, I'm coming. I'm on my way. I'm here. Partake. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ask him for more, cause he's good. Stay with it, cause he's good. So how do we get this power to work for us? That's the important part. Well, I mean, it's all important. You gotta be convinced that power is there. You know, I mean, it, it, 
it's like a gun. You don't shoot it off every five minutes to prove you got a gun. You just know where it is and keep it loaded if that's how you want to live. You know what I'm saying. I mean, it's up to you. But you know you have it. But what can we use it for? How can we use it? How do we put it to use? How do we not mess up? This 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 power cannot backfire. And it can't misfire. It can't be worn out. It can't be abused. It can't, when you ask for a bread, give you a stone. It, it can't betray you. It's a pure power that works on your behalf. It's full of goodness, compassion, good fruits, mercy. All the fruit of the spirits in this power. Even though it's, it's moving mightily in our lives and in our midst. We just have to learn how to cooperate and learn how to unleash it in the situations where God wants us. And he wants to be powerful in everything that we have, anything to every aspect of our lives. He wants to permeate it. So you need to tell God, God, I'm taking limits. I'm not limiting you having access to anything. You know, I see people preach all the time, take the limits off God. No, you take them off. You understand what I'm saying? Because God should have unlimited access to every area of our lives. But you keep seeing people running these glitches because they haven't understood what access means. Access means access. In other words, this area of your life is so sacred between you and God, you don't tamper with it. You don't let anybody else speak into it. You don't let anybody else tell you what you're supposed to do with it. This is a, a, this is how you take the limits off God. I know what people mean. They say, believe for more, believe for the greatest, believe it. Listen, this stuff, if I haven't learned at my age that this stuff is going to be here when I die, and why am I giving so much attention to stuff that will perish? I mean, I got a big enough house. I got it's too big to even clean out now. <laughs> Almost. I had I had a thousand dollars worth of dumpsters just to get stuff. Away from my house. You understand what I'm saying? So more big. Ah, depends on what you're talking about. My bigness is probably going to be more inside than outside. Huh? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the big God to do the, the greater works. Want to do the works first and then the greater ones. Good works, not things. Now I'm cool with things. I, you know, it just, you know, that's good, but I'm not running after it. I'm not holding my breath if I don't get it. I'm not. Let, let young people do that. Let them go and experience those things. I'll agree with them all day long on anything that they desire. 
get them out there. Let them, let them plow through and beat up the devil and come out with the riches and all that kind of stuff. The favor, the blessing. You know, in the material realm, because they're going to need it. They've got to walk where I've walked already. But at this place where I am right now, I'm, this is why we're doing healing all the time. I'm plowing so that we can get everybody in here confident that they have a healing ministry, that they can lay hands on the sick and sick people recover. We all got to stay focused in it, folks. We all got to got to do what's necessary to do. Any revelation, put it into operation, put it into work. Don't just look at the stripes and shrug it off as the next thing that this crazy lady is laying hands on. You got me? Go get you some stripes. Everybody's got something ailing, either in them, in their lives, family members, somebody you know. Amen? Put the Put the revelation to work. Don't sit on it forever. Amen? Put it to work immediately. Do it first thing you can. Amen? Well, I'll have some stuff tomorrow that's been prayed over. You can grab it and, and go with it. But let's get it get it working, folks. Let's start processing. What's my next move? God, there's a next place of revelation. There's a next something I can do to demonstrate my faith in your word. Healed, whole. Totally. Nothing left over. Amen. So how do we get the power to work to heal us? Number one, that power needs to be directed toward the symptoms or the diagnosis or the disease. You got to put the paddles on it and let it boom, blow it up and discharge new life into those cells. Destroy the old damaged ones. Get new ones generated. Get that power circulating. How do we do that? We got, you got two paddles on you at all times. Huh? You go lay hands on, boom! You're healed and I know God healed you. He told me I'd lay hands on you and you recover. So recover. In Jesus name. Use the name of Jesus for something positive. People get so nutty, religious people. Slinging his name around every five minutes. That's why they don't have more, more fruit in their lives. More, more that it, that name is sacred and holy. It costs what it cost him. You need to be more respectful. Not throwing it around like it's, you know, a slang, like, I'm friends with him. You know, religious people try to act like they're so close to God. Show us some proof. You close to God, show me some people that you cast devils out of. When was the last time somebody came up to you when you got out your car and said, you know, and was curious about you? And you prayed for them, a demon left them, and they want to follow you home. That's what the name does. When you respect it. So we have to connect. The power. With the word. 
that word that's confronting sickness, that word that's conveying blessing, that word that's exploding everything that's not like it, that word that says be healed, period. No wiggle room for doubt or no wiggle room for one day, but be healed now, period. Everything that we do must be against sickness. Don't receive it. I don't have it. No, God told me I have a covenant with him. I have an appointment with death, but not with sickness. I'm going to die healed. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm going to die another day. I'm not dying today, devil. Not today, devil. I got too much to do for God. Amen. And and when I die, devil, you won't be present. Going out of here with the holy angels. Something you, you used to do, but you can't do it no more. So you, you ain't invited to the party. Amen. But live in the resurrection. Believe, number one, that that power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, quickens you, makes you alive. You know, people say, uh, God woke me up. He did more than wake you up this morning. He quickened you to life this morning. You don't just get up like an ordinary person. You get up full of life and power. You know, I can be laying in the bed and, and the alarm go off and I'm drowsy. And then when I, you know, when I was a sinner, I didn't do this. I know I didn't do it. I remember many conversations with my husband. Can you get out there? I'm sick of you. Get up out that bed. I ain't waking you up no more. Huh? Get another shift. Get one where you can sleep as long as you want to. That's not me now. Huh? The me that I am, I startle myself. You know, jump up, life, power. Woo! Where is it at? Woo, devil, you're in trouble today. Get out the way. Leave my dog alone. Leave me alone. Leave everybody alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. So you're more than awakened every morning. Give me a break. You're quickened. You're up and you're quickened, full of life, resurrection, life, and power. Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding, for great things you are doing in us, through us, around us. You quicken our mortal bodies, Lord, with your life. We don't just wake up. We get charged. We're jolted up. We're quickened up. We're made totally alive in Christ. Thank you, Lord. We belong to you. That makes us special, devil. We're so special you can't stand us. But you can't touch us either. So, Lord, we thank you that we know that we know that we know that you have given us life eternal, that you love us, you'll give us all things. There's nothing you want to withhold from us. Because we walk upright before you and we thank you for that gift, Lord. Thank you for blessing us. All right, why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. 
She sure can't get me. <laughs> I move too fast. And I thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. <laughs>